2: Welcome back in, everyone, to the Go Two Four Seven podcast. I'm Glenn West, the senior writer here at the site. Um, once again, joined by our contributing writer Dylan Sanders, uh, our senior, our senior student here at the, at the at LSU, about ready to to graduate here in a few months. Um, Dylan, thanks for hopping on again. Uh, you know, you and I were both at the game last night. Um, certainly, plenty to take away, I think, from the Tigers' thirty-eight nothing victory, but. Uh, I guess first off, just uh, how did you make it make it back last night? Did you got you get you got back all right.
1: Yeah, everything was good. This is easily the 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 best traffic game. Um, but also last night, I tweeted happy birthday to Mark Hamill, and he replied. So nothing really? can bring me down right. Nothing really? can bring me down right now. Yeah.
2: Wow! Wow! <laughs> Luke Skywalker himself replied to a <laughs> he- tweet.
1: It felt great. All right. right. So I think we can end the podcast here and we're good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We've got a celebrity (laughs) in our midst in a very indirect way, but um, awesome. Awesome. Well, hopefully the force is with us on this one. So
1: um, (laughs) nice.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So we got, um, you know, obviously LSU won 38, nothing last night. They won their third straight home game uh, by taking out New Mexico um, really just a dominant performance all around um, defensively to get a shutout, not only just to pitch a shutout, but also to hold the Lobos offense to under 100 yards. I mean, that's, that's really tough to do. And, you know, Brian Kelly kind of said after the game that, you know, it doesn't really matter the competition. That's, um, you know, that's, that's extremely hard to do because, you know, college football and really football in general is tailored to offensive success. And so for Matt House and, you know, that defense to draw up a game plan, uh, and executed to perfection. They only had two first downs throughout the entire night. Um, I thought that was an extremely, you know, positive sign as you head into you know, SEC play here. Um, I, I thought, you know, defensively, um, really the last three weeks LSU has been stellar. Um, and if you can carry that kind of momentum, carry that kind of confidence and um, consistency that you're seeing um, out of this LSU defense, I think. Um, you're going to be competitive in pretty much every game. I was, you know, talking to a couple of reporters after the game and, um, you know, they were pretty much in the same boat, you know, like if LSU can be this consistent on defense, there's no reason why they can't be competitive in every single uh, SEC game this year. Um, And you saw it kind of towards the end of last year, uh, the defense picked it up and they were very competitive against, you know, the Alabamas of the world and um, beat Texas A&M on the last um, game of the year and um, you know, obviously it's a really you know, completely new defense now, but you're seeing some of the signs of what it takes to be a, a consistent defense and have consistent success in this conference. So um, you know, I guess we can start defensively. Was there anything that you took away from the game, um, you know, I guess schematically or just kind of how they were using certain guys um, and how they were able to really execute this game plan to perfection?
1: Yeah, um, I'll start defensively. One of the things I noticed early on, um, it was it, it was interesting. Without B.J. um, you would ex- you expected them to go uh, to have the same pretty much the same defensive approach, but just put uh, Perkins at the Jack position. But uh, with also Jarek Bernard Converse going back, uh, Jay Ward being out. No true starting nickel. Uh, I mean, Sage Ryan played the nickel whenever they went into the dime packages. But we saw a lot uh, lot more 4-3 action than we have in the past couple weeks with Savion Jones and Ali Gay being on the edge and then Harold Perkins moving back to be the third linebacker. Um, So again, um, encouraging to see Matt House be able to play I mean, we, we know he has like a multiple defense, so he has different looks. He has a bunch of different looks, but it's it's good to see him play with the LSU personnel um, and not be afraid to switch it up to play to the people that they have playing strengths.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I thought probably the one of the bigger takeaways I had was, you know, in the secondary, how those guys continue to hold up, you know, in a in a game where you expect it to be very run heavy and not exactly passing the ball, you know. 30, 35 times, Um, you know, it's – it's. I think it can be difficult probably for those corners and those safeties to really stay engaged and focused throughout the course of the game. And um, I thought Jarek Bernard-Converse was tremendous in kind of a temporary role at safety because, um, you know, not only was LSU missing Jay Ward, but it looks like Major Burns is going to be out for the next three to six weeks. Um, Sounds like it's a neck injury that LSU just really needs him to rest. Um, so that was a little bit of a loss there. Uh, actually, not a little bit. That's a pretty big loss because he's a huge communicator uh, for the secondary. But um, on the bright side, you do get Joe Fuchsia back next week after a four game suspension. But, um, you know, I, I thought that, you know, look, they they had to be uh, really poised. Um, and, and I thought that they were they, they executed really well. I think I liked what um, you know, kind of what they did, like you mentioned with, with having Perkins is that third linebacker, they've brought in, uh, West weeks, uh, quite a bit. I thought in this game, I thought he popped on the screen a little bit. Um, I thought he was pretty consistent and, um, yeah, I mean, look, when you, when you're missing your star edge rusher, like Oja you're going to need those secondary guys to step up. And, um, I thought Savion Jones brought some great pressure on the outside, um, Jaqueline Roy. Um, you know, Makai Wingo, those guys did a really nice job of stuffing the run for the most part. I mean, New Mexico's offense is built on the run. And so you knew they were going to run the ball a lot. But to hold them to like 41 yards, I think, rushing throughout the entire game was an extremely, com- um, you know, confidence boosting uh, kind of performance, I think, defensively. And so, um, you know, I think that was you know, a really, really important you know, sign for LSU to really come out strong. Um, you know, Kelly kind of mentioned it to us after the game that you know they wish they'd put up a few more points in that first half. You know, they only went on, into the half up seventeen nothing, but at the same time, they felt confident that New Mexico wasn't going to be able to move the ball uh, against them in the second half, and it proved to be true. I mean, they, yeah, they didn't. They didn't move the ball really at all during the game. They had two first downs um, throughout the entire game, and. Yeah, it was smooth sailing from there. But um
1: Yeah, like no no matter who your opponent is, it is so hard for 60 minutes to only give up two first downs. Yeah. Um I mean the way No Noah, Noah Kane uh talked to us last night and was saying, Hey, we know you can get upset at any time, so you can't afford to overlook these opponents. Um, and we've seen that this year. We've seen teams lose to teams worse than New Mexico that are better than LSU. So like it's super impressive and super encouraging to see all of all of the team buy in completely uh for sixty minutes and not never take the the foot off uh the pedal. I mean the third team defense is out there getting hyped up, getting stops. And we heard it this was easily the loudest locker room of the year.
2: Yeah, no, it absolutely was. I mean, they—it looked like it sounded like honestly they had just beaten Alabama at home after that game <laughs> because they were just so dominant on both sides of the ball. And we'll get to the offense in a second, but you brought up a good point there. Um, defensively, you know, you had the third stringers there in for most of the fourth quarter. Um, I was on—we were both on the field there for a lot of the fourth quarter and you could see a lot of the defensive starters, you know, hyping those guys up, you know, trying to, you know, we asked Greg Brooks afterwards, you know, just when you see kind of all the third string guys in there and you want to, I guess, kind of keep that, not only that shutout going, but also the the hundred yards thing going there, you know, they, 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 they were just as excited as, you know, seeing those third string guys in there, hold that up as, as they were when they were on the field. So um, that's just a really positive sign. I think defensively when you have that kind of cohesion, uh, that chemistry building this early in the season because, look, I mean, even two weeks ago against Southern, there were a couple of um, you know miscommunications that led to big plays and Southern scored a couple times in that game. and um, you know, you're going to get that, I think most with most games. I mean, this was just a, a completely dominant performance defensively that just really needed to be talked about. and so, before
1: we before we move on to the offense, I do also one person that we need to shout out, um, because uh he finally got into the game. Seven banks
2: yeah.
1: uh played for the first time this year, and he looked really promising in the run game, which I think is very important for him to carve out a role moving forward, uh, in a room that has not need looked like it needs more competition, which is crazy to say given how the room was going into spring
2: yeah I mean seven had you know half you know four tackles half a tackle for a loss um he was a key role on special teams especially on kickoffs um you know we we expected him to get some run and um you know LSU really threw him out there I thought he he played a lot I mean he was out there defensively a lot more than I thought he might be in his first game back but um I think that just goes to show how you know LSU feels comfortable with how healthy he is um you know, kind of heading into this SEC stretch here. Um, you know, I guess we can move on offensively unless there's anything else you wanted to touch on defensively, or was that pretty much it?
1: Um last person, uh Greg Brooks is yeah. a stud.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Stud. So he, he he and West Weeks, I think, are kind of competing for like biggest hits on the team. I mean, he mm-hmm. played some huge hits. Um in that game last night. Uh, West Weeks, it seems like whenever he's making a tackle, he's really knocking someone on their you know what? I mean, he is just uh, really, really a, a forceful hitter. And he's another young guy. I mean, he's a redshirt freshman or a sophomore. I think he's a redshirt freshman, but um, he might be a sophomore. But um, again, another young guy who's getting a lot of opportunity, a lot of uh, play here early in the season. And I think is someone you can really count on rotationally um, you know, throughout the course of this year at that linebacker spot, which is really growing more and more deep by the, by the week. It really looks like those guys are in really locked unison. But, um, you know, I guess just kind of shifting to the offense. It was a, I mean, just the biggest takeaway I had was that's the ideal form of Jaden Daniels that you hope to see um, this, this, this season and kind of continue to develop for, for LSU. You know, I think he probably saw or heard some of the noise, or kind of got some of the, uh, the quotes that Kelly was talking about earlier last week. Um, he was not looking to run at all in this game, and that was one of the bigger takeaways I had. Um, not only was the pocket clean, the offensive line did a really great job in this one, and we'll get to that. But he had time to throw the ball, and he was not—I mean, he was re- going through his progressions. You know, he was making those quick decisions early in the game. But even when those quick decisions weren't there, he was still, you know, looking downfield, looking for an open receiver. Um, and I thought he was really fantastic in the passing game. Obviously, we know what he can do as a runner, um, but you really wanted to see some of that consistency as a passer. He goes you know, twenty-four for twenty-nine for you know two hundred and seventy-nine yards. Um,
1: and most of the most of the incompletions came on some miscommunications pre-snap. Yeah. And yeah. not just missed throws.
2: Yeah, yeah, and 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 when you do that, I guess without a, a star player like Kayshawn Booty, um, that really I think is a great sign for this offense. I mean, they got Jack Besh involved in the passing game a lot more. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll certainly get to Besh more later in this as well. But you know, Malik Neighbors had some really great moments as well. Jarrett Jenkins, um, you know, Kyron Lacy, Mason Taylor. All those guys had at least four catches in this game. Um, and that was, you know, he, he was spreading the ball around. I think he hit nine different receivers throughout his, his time on the field. He did go out about, uh, you know, four or five minutes into the third quarter with that injury, and he didn't return. Um, from everything that I've heard, it's not very serious. You know, he could have gone back into that game last night. Uh, sounds like he'll be available for Auburn next week, so really not a big – Uh, Big injury there, but it was a little bit of a back strain and those backs are a little bit tricky at times. So it'll certainly be something to keep uh, an eye on throughout the week. But, um, you know, I thought Jaden was was fantastic. What were your assessments of of how he looked?
1: Yeah, uh, by far the most decisive and trustworthy we've seen him so far this week. I talked about him a piece coming out this morning, but uh, it just – he showed confidence in every single target, and uh, one big thing I saw this week that I don't remember seeing in the past couple of weeks is a focused effort um, of if the play breaks down, get the ball to a running back as opposed to take off himself. Um, and uh, I, I like this move that Jaden has of running. Uh, it's dangerous, but running. Running around, getting up right up to the line of scrimmage, and then tossing to whoever's open a couple yards ahead of him. Yeah, because uh, it it is a safe. It is safer. It's dangerous because it's easy to mess up, step over the line penalty. But it is safer uh, for him to not take those hits and also buys a couple yards um, of extra yards every time. So. Um, I'm I'm glad he's shown a lot more the past couple weeks, especially today that his eyes are downfield yeah. um, and he is trusting to get the ball out, which is, is, it just shows, it goes to show that it takes a couple it takes a little time to, to mold into the offense and get it and understand and really trust those guys in the game situation.
0: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
2: Yeah, I mean LSU scored, I think, on five of their seven drives with him as quarterback, and there was a missed field goal in there. Um, there were a couple of penalties on one of those drives that really uh, derailed um, derailed the, the the drive there. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think there was some offensive pass interference in there. On there was, the an, yeah, there was o- yeah, there was an OPI
1: on Malik Neighbors and,
2: uh, that would have been for a touchdown pass, and you know I didn't really get a chance to see it on the replay, but. Um, you, you got to go with the gut reaction there with the with the referee call but yeah I mean I, I thought Jaden really looked great. Um, you know I, I guess we just continuing with the quarterbacks you know it was also really great to see Garrett Nussmeyer you know you and I talked about it you know, last week on our, I think on our last pod um, how much we really wanted to see Garrett Nussmeyer kind of shrug that off. We kind of figured it was that that first game off. We kind of figured it was going to be a game where LSU would be able to pull away uh, rather early. And get you know Nussmeier some some good snaps and some good series, um, and he looked you know really really sharp. I thought you know from a throwing perspective, that's kind of what LSU saw most of fall from him. Um, why the competition was a little bit closer than maybe people thought, um, but you know he goes nine to ten for over 130 yards and a touchdown. Uh, really just confident and comfortable. And that's the thing with both of those guys; they looked extremely comfortable. Uh, with what they were doing, with what they were being asked to do, with the reads they were making, with the throws that they were making. Um, Just all of it was really, really sharp. Um, You know, that 57-yard touchdown with Brian Thomas there in the the third, fourth quarter range. Easy throw, and you just – that's an example of what they've talked about with this offense really from the start of fall camp is we want to get the ball to the playmakers – and let them make the plays. And they got the ball to Brian Thomas there on a quick screen pass, and he takes it up the field for 57 yards, and it's a touchdown. I mean, he made some really great moves during that run, um, and and it was just a really, really good overall showing, I think, from the passing offense.
1: Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Brian Thomas Jr. He is an early leader in the clubhouse, in my opinion, for most improved player. Mm-hmm. Um, just from year one to year two, he has proven to be – if a, a, a true wide receiver two next year, maybe wide receiver one, depending on what happens, but he, yeah. uh, he is proven to be a great contributor, which is some see, cause you know, last year was a little iffy, um, had some drops, had some, some issues, but, uh, he's a dangerous playmaker and a guy of his size to be, to move like he did on that touchdown run after the catch was crazy. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got a good a good glimpse of what this team or what this offense could look like without Kayshawn. You know, I think there's a a growing sense, or there there has been a sense for a long time, that he's going to go pro after this year. Um, and so to see guys like Neighbors, like Brian Thomas, like Jack Besh, um, build that you know chemistry and, and that on field. Kyron team. Lacey Kyron had a good Lacey. day. Yeah, yeah. Chris Hilton had a had a nice play too. Um, to see those guys have. Um, Build those that chemistry with both Daniels and Nussmeyer, but particularly Nussmeyer, because I think we all think Nussmeyer is going to have a really good shot at being the quarterback next year. Um, that was an extremely positive sign for me um, to see that those guys really didn't skip a beat without Keyshawn, um there on the field. They were as efficient as they've looked all season offensively uh, in the passing game. And you know, I, I do want to talk a little bit about Jack Besh. Um, you know, a guy that obviously got off to a pretty slow start, you know, two catches through three weeks. Um, but just look, I mean, you could tell from an early start that they wanted to get him involved, uh, in this game, not just from a passing perspective, but they threw him back there at punt returner. Uh, and he easily looked the most comfortable of any player that we've seen, uh, through the first month of the season at that position. Um, he had the 76 yard punt return called back because of a, uh, let's just say, iffy, iffy blocking <laughs> call, uh, illegal blocking call. Um, but uh, you know he 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 looked really good. I thought uh, at the at the punt returner spot. I think LSU has something there with him. Um, you know, Coach Kelly said said so after said as much after the game, and that they think he's a fearless fearless player on the field, and that he is going to make some really big plays for LSU this year. And that it was nice to get him more involved. Um, you, know, you, you saw a lot of his routes. You know, you, you kind of came in slot, which is a lot of what we kind of expected this year. Um, and, you know, I think early on in the season, it had been a lot of neighbors in that slot role, um, but they were able to mix them both into there and in, in, on the inside of the field. I think that's the great thing about this receiver group is that they're able to move these guys around so much. And you, you got neighbors on the outside, you put them in the slot, you put them at the Z. Um, there's just a lot of, um, you know, ways that they can use these guys. And I thought that you know, Jack was really, really solid um, as kind of a, not only just a checkdown option for Daniels but he was a first look in a lot of those throws um from Jaden and from Garrett uh so that's 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 real positive that you were able to get him going a little bit um was there anything that you saw with with Besh's game that you you, you think is going to be um I guess consistent moving forward with how they want to use him
1: Yeah um it just he continues to be a guy that you just get the ball get the ball to, and he makes plays. Mm-hmm. Um, he he looks good. He looks like the best that you want to see coming from his strong freshman year into the sophomore year. Like no one's numbers, I think it's clear to see on this offense, are going to be crazy at the end of the year um, just because they are averaging nine and a half pass catchers a game. Uh, so when you're spreading the ball out like that, it's, it's going to be hard for one person to stand out each night on the box score, but um, the effort that Besh brings consistently is is awesome, and that's something you want. And uh, I think I like the look of Brian Thomas, Malik Neighbors on the outside, Besh in the slot. Besh continues. It really seems like he could line up anywhere on the offense, which is promising for sure
2: yeah i wonder if they kind of thrust him into a brock bowers role where they kind of do a couple rushing plays with him a game too i mean he's got a really good sense of running lanes and we saw it on that punt return um he's a guy that i think you could certainly draw up a couple of you know reverses for or something just creative ways to get him some more touches and um it'll be very interesting to see how all those guys mesh once kashaun gets back next week against auburn Um, I'll be very interested to see how that looks. Um, you know, from a running perspective, I thought LSU was really, really good. Um, you got Noah Kane going a little bit, which, which I think was a big question for me personally coming in was how involved he would be after really not getting much of a, a look at all against Mississippi state. He had 11 carries for 94 yards, had the big 59, uh, 49 yard touchdown, uh, in the second half. That was nice to see. Um, Armani Goodwin was a guy that they were really relying on down by the goal line. Uh, he had a pair of touchdowns as well. Um, you had John Emery with 45 yards on nine touches. Um, uh, you know, uh, Josh Williams was in there as a, as a third down back as your, as your pass catching third down back. And he had a nice couple of first down plays, uh, in this game as well. um, I was really encouraged by the running game. I, you know, they ran for 219 yards total, um, averaged a little over five yards a carry. Um, the fact that they were able to get all four of those guys some some looks I thought was really interesting because really heading into this game, it was, had, it been, had it been mostly a two and three horse back race, you know, I guess with, you know, first with Kane. Um, and And Armani and, and and Josh, and then with Emery and Kay, or em, and then with Emery and Goodwin and Williams, so you know I think the fact they were able to get all four of those guys in was a really really positive sign. I know um, you were looking at the running backs a little bit. Was there any anybody that really kind of stood out from that group that you really want to talk about or anything like that?
1: Yeah, um, this was kind of the Noah Kane that you've wanted to see based off of what we saw in camp. Obviously, the camp production and the season production has not matched up. Um, But I mean, I think his long run, I don't know if the yardage, I don't know the yardage between Armani Goodwin and Noah Kane's runs back to back in back to back weeks, but felt like the strongest run that they had all season. Um, He was just powering through people. Um I made the joke at one point last night if you extrapolate his run his game into like a full full game he was averaging at one point like he was on pace at one point for like 600 yards and 10 touchdowns <laughs> like he was a home run hitter uh yeah he, he was at four rushes two touchdowns at one point in the game yeah. uh which is not not bad at all to be it's like that's like a a good wide receiver stat line yeah. uh but uh, he almost he almost eclipsed 100 yards uh it was at the end of the game uh, but yeah, he looked really good and Emory continues to, to show flashes of excellence beyond the rust, but uh he did have that fumble. I, I believe that was him fumbling the ball. Yeah.
2: I can't uh, he, they didn't, they didn't lose it. They didn't lose yeah. the
1: fumble, but he did. I believe he did fumble. Uh, my, my apologies if that's wrong. I believe that's yeah. what I believe happened. Um And Josh Williams still looks like a solid contributor Um Willing blocker, uh pass catcher, kind of kind of a little bit of a do-it-all. Um, so it's looking like we were right in our preseason assessments that this is just gonna be a constantly changing room. There's not gonna be any workhorse at all. Yeah. And there's hasn't been shown a reason that there needs to be a workhorse.
2: No, I think so. I think that all four of those guys have shown flashes. I really liked Emery's run uh where he leapt over a guy I think for close to a first down or he got a first down he had a nice little athletic you know acrobatic play there um yeah I mean I I I, look I thought it was just an overall really good game for both sides of the ball um as you kind of head in here now to SEC play uh, which we'll turn to uh for a little bit here we'll talk about LSU's next game against Auburn um look Auburn is a team that is a chaotic three and one uh, through four games here, and they are just rife with controversy. They have some very very interesting things going on in that program right now. Um, sounds like Brian Harson is on the hottest of hot seats in terms of SEC coaches. Um, so this is going to be a very interesting game. I, one of our one of the LSU's you know communications students was telling me yesterday like. Uh, it, I'm really glad Auburn pulled out that win against Missouri because man, LSU going to face an interim coach next week and Jordan Hare just doesn't seem like a very good, <laughs> uh, outcome for, for the Tigers, just because of how wonky this series has been. Um, this is such an unpredictable game from an LSU perspective, just because, um, you know, it really just seems like this is a one of those games that you always expect to be close or, that one team just absolutely dominates the other and there is really no in between. So, um, you know, there's, there's, um, some really big quarterback, you know, controversies going on right now in Auburn. Um, you got TJ Finley, uh, who was been injured for, you know, this last game. He started the season as your starter. Uh, you had Zach Calzada who is now out for the season, uh, with a season engine injury. So, um, at one point, Auburn in this game against Missouri on Saturday, which they won 17-14, uh, was on their fourth-string quarterback at one point in that game. Um, so uh, lots of planning is going to be needed, I think, for this team just because you don't really know what to expect. Um, but what, what, they still have Tank Bigsby, though. That's that, That's the X factor for me, just an early look at this team, a very early look. Um, Tank is a guy that has given all some fits over the last couple of years. He's a very powerful back. Um not the biggest of backs, but he 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 can get the job done. So, um what are your early thoughts I guess on this matchup and what it what what the Tigers will need to do to have some success here.
1: Well, either way, I think the Tigers are going to win the game. Uh it's a joke because both both teams are <laughs> yeah. Tigers. But um I I don't know. This I feel like a fool, but man, Auburn Auburn was some of the ugliest football I've ever seen in my entire life. Um and the fact that Auburn is 3 and 1 is kind of hilarious and part of the reason I love college football. Um like they're, they're first they're technically first in the SEC West right now, which is hilarious. Um just tied for first, but still. Tied for first, yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. They Auburn does not look good. But this this series is always weird so you can never overlook anybody. But um as opposed to where you were going into the season where you're like this is kind of a toss up, this is a game that LSU should win. Um the big question mark you have to look if it is Robbie Ashford, um the past 3 years LSU has, has had trouble uh with the mobile quarterback and taking quarterbacks down after the run. I know that it's something that they're focused on themselves. Um but they're gonna have to really buckle up, buckle down and bring down Robbie Ashford if that's who it is.
2: Yeah. They had a uh, Ashford had a rushing touchdown. He ran for almost fifty yards in that game last or on Saturday. Um yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you in that same boat. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how T.J. Finley progresses throughout the week. Um, hasn't been a great start for Finley, but I mean, we've seen some flashes of him, you know, even dating back to his LSU days. You know, he can be a, a competent quarterback at times, and, um, and he has had his struggles this year. I think he's got four interceptions in the two games that he started, uh, or three games he's played in, and then he's only got one touchdown pass. He's... Completing about sixty-two percent of his passes, um, but he's he's a guy that you know I think you know, LSU's going to have to plan around if it's him at quarterback. You know I think he is a guy that you know, you can't you have to worry about from a passing perspective. It could be a you know a game for for this LSU secondary, especially when you're trying to implement Joe Fusha back into the mix of things where you, know, you want to see you know your secondary continue to hold up there. Um, you know I asked Bernard Converse last night if he. Sounds like he's going to stick at safety. Nope, he's going right back to corner. That was a one-game deal. So um, you're, you're hopeful that not only Bernard Converse, but Seven Banks and Kai Garner and Colby Richardson and all those guys in the secondary uh, can continue to hold up. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be really focused on on Tank Bigsby and just kind of how LSU is going to you know plan around him. Um, if they can stop the run, uh, I think they have a very good chance of winning this game. Defensively, they haven't LSU hasn't shown me anything to believe that they won't have uh, some success in being able to stop the run and uh, having uh, you know just a a really nice night um, you know in in Auburn next weekend.
1: The and and before we head out, um, I do uh, one thing that is worth noting: uh, they had both uh, Julian San and DJ Lagway in the building. Yep. Um, so that's three. With uh, adding, adding in Jaden Davis, uh, those are three uh, five-star quarterbacks that LSU is in the running for for the twenty twenty-four class, um, which is something that LSU is not really used to is yeah. being in the run being in the run for these top guys. And uh, from my understanding of, of gathering information, it's uh, both Julian Sain and Jaden Davis. LSU is in serious contention with. Uh, to get in both would be great gets oh yeah uh, uh, I mean, so that's so, it's something to keep an eye on but saying was in the building last night for a a great win to yeah. to bring someone in for
2: yeah saying and saying is the real deal i mean he, he he can absolutely fling it i've watched some of his highlights um he's he's going to be a good one and so yeah lsu is going to be in on him um you know i think Uh, It'll be interesting because they had a lot of 2024 kids in um, over the weekend. Um, It's nice to see that they're starting to really build on that class, build on those relationships. Uh, It was a big weekend last week for that class as well. You had Desmond Ricks in town. um, And And Ellis Robinson. Yeah, and Ellis Robinson. So um, it's nice to see that they're going, you know, after those big guns here, you know, and really what's their, their first recruiting cycle where I feel like, you know, that's the class where you're really going to get defined by this coaching staff. You know, 2023, yes, you have a year to build those relationships, but really you want to get in on those guys when you're juniors and sophomores. And so now having that opportunity uh, with 2024, I think you're really going to see the recruiting efforts of this cl- of this coaching staff uh, start to show and they've, um, now
1: they now they've had two of the top quarterbacks both the number 1 number 2 quarterbacks in like they're getting the big names to come to Baton Rouge. Yeah. Um which is definitely very promising. Obviously you have to wait and see how it all plays out, but the class from an early early standpoint is looking very very promising.
2: I agree. I agree completely. Um yeah, you know, we'll try to get Sunny in for a pod maybe next week sometime um that would be nice to get a little recruiting effort uh recruiting update from him um but you know as always guys just continue to follow us along on uh, youtube make sure you're liking and subscribing everywhere you get your podcasts um make sure you're uh just just everything everything with all that you know kind of helps us out and helps us continue to grow uh what we hope is has been a, a, an entertaining pod you know since the shift so um you know with that you know we'll we'll certainly get out of here and uh enjoy your football sunday but uh we'll be back uh sometime next week as well so thanks and we'll see you guys soon okay
0: picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you